1: Everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not the police are systematically racist and we are starting right now with destiny's opening statement thanks for being with us destiny the floor is all yours
2: Hi, my name's destiny uh i think i have a pretty easy affirmative argument but basically i believe that there probably exists some level of systemic racism in the policing forces it seems that when we look at how police interact with suspects or people that they're detaining there seems to be disproportionate outcomes that impact white Black or Hispanic people, even irrespective of their criminal history or the reasons for the stops. So I just have like three pretty simple points that I want to go over today. Um, one has to do with how stop and frisk worked in New York. The other has to do with the, um, there's a 2011 US uh, DOJ special report on the police use of non-fatal force. And then the third one is the big nature study with the 100 million uh, traffic stops where they try to analyze the difference between how suspects are treated before the sun goes down and after the sun goes down to see if police are making decisions on whether or not to stop people based on the color. Of their skin, which you can obviously tell easier in the daytime versus the nighttime. Uh, yeah.
3: Okay, so I'm Lisa, and I'm here to um, say that there isn't systemic racism in amongst the police force. And the reason that I say that is disparate outcomes or um, doesn't is not evidence of racism. A and B that um, it's a that doesn't happen. And B that the definition it depends on how we're defining systemic or institutional racism that matters. And the the actual definition of systemic or institutional racism is that there are um you know laws or regulations on the books that are racist in nature. And in fact, in America, we have the opposite. We have laws and regulations that prevent organizations, government, anything else from being racist. So feel free to say what you need to, Destiny.
1: <laughs> You've got it. Thank you very much for your opening statements, both of you. And I want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you are from. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for more juicy debates just like this one coming up in the future. With that, we'll jump into open conversation. Thanks so much. The floor is all yours.
2: Sure. So probably before we get into this, I guess it's probably important to arrive at what what do we consider to be systemic racism? Um, we probably need to agree on the definition of this before we have a back and forth. Um, I can posit a definition and you can attack it or you can tell me your definition and I can attack it. Either way works for me.
3: I mean, it's just racism that's embedded. The actual definition is racism that's embedded through laws and regulations of either government or organizations.
2: True. So one of the important things about systemic racism, though, is that none of the laws or regulations that are embedded have to be explicitly racist. They might just produce what would be considered racist outcomes. Um, So, for instance, um, like I said
3: earlier, though, mm -hmm. racist outcomes does not indicate racism to begin with.
2: Not necessarily, but it could. Right.
3: Yeah, But the proof would be on you to prove that it does, because, I mean, there's no actual evidence of that.
2: True. I agree. So um, a systemically racist law might be one that seems to target black people in an unfair way for a reason that doesn't really make sense. The outcome isn't really justified for anything good in society. Um, and I agree that the onus would be probably on me to try to point out like, what are some areas that I feel are uh, exemplary of like systemic racism in, in ways. I mean, I can
3: help you. It. I'll give you an example. Well, so right now, on, hang, on the books, right, right now, like more white people use cocaine more black people statistically use crack and so for every 500 milligrams of cocaine you get five years in prison for every one milligram of crack you get five years in prison and so those outcomes would have race they would if if more people would be in prison for a, a smaller amount of crack than they would cocaine right but what reasons for those put what reasons for those laws put on the books? Was it to stop the crack epidemic? Was it to help black people? So it wasn't necessarily a racist in nature, um, sentencing that was put on there. It just happens that that was the outcome.
2: That could be the case, but if that is the outcome, we'd probably seek to change that. Right.
3: Well, I'm not saying that we don't want to make everybody's lives better. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that systemically, and that is the topic of this conversation That on the books you're, you have to, prove and i think that's what's wrong that's what society's doing wrong right now is they're blaming white people or they're blaming the system rather than treating the solution which is only exacerbating the issue
2: so i think carefully um so i'm not here to blame white people i don't care about that. And I'm here to blame the system. Basically, what we're trying to say is like, are there things that exist in the system that maybe put undue pressure on one race over another? So, in the instance of like crack versus powder cocaine, you know, is there a good reason why there is such a disparate charge why is why is there such a disparate rate in charging one versus the other um it seems to be that it massively impacts one race over the other because black people are more likely to use crack white people are more likely to have the money to buy powder cocaine is there a good reason why the sentencing is so different from one to the other yes why why because, would you the reason for that is
3: okay so because because of the the difference in price and things like that it was negatively affecting more impoverished communities, specifically in the cities. And so you were having these big, like these larger crime and and drug epidemics and they were focused there. And so they say, okay, this is a problem. They weren't thinking about the difference between cocaine and crack. They were saying, let's make these penalties stronger for crack cocaine possession so that we can stop this madness. Now to every policy comes a negative externality. And sometimes like, you know, the you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions sometimes you have good intentions on making communities better and they have negative policy outcomes which disproportionately affect black black communities that doesn't mean that the policy is indeed racist therefore not yeah so
2: i agree with that so well so i want to focus on the last part i don't know if we're going to keep coming back to this so a policy doesn't have to necessarily be racist to be systemically racist but if I look at the state of black America today, and I look at it from a conservative angle, um, there are a couple of really easy attacks that I can levy against it. So one, um, the culture is is relatively toxic when we look at what is mainstream or popular for a lot of like black culture. And two, arguably downstream from that, the black family is in a pretty sad state compared to what we would consider like most white families. Um, I think both well, of us agree that these are like pretty bad things, right?
3: Well, yeah, but, but mm-hmm. when people always do that, they compare, like, black and white first. But if you look at, like, median in- household income mm-hmm. and you look at it for Pakistanis, if you look at it for Indians, right, it is extra, extraordinarily higher than it is for both white and black. Actually, both white and black are in the bottom, too, and that is because, like, in the bottom range there, and that's because – um if you look at all these other groups, these Indian groups, these Chinese groups, um, all these other ethnicities, their rep, their levels of, um, you know, children out of wedlock are much lower than both of us, than the white community and the black community. Sure. And so we keep looking at the black and the white community like that's the only problem. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it's not black and white. It's, sure. It is it is.
2: And I, I understand that um, this is a slightly different argument. So when we talk about like Pakistani communities, Indian communities, especially Chinese communities, um, the primary reason why these communities are going to be doing so much better than black and white communities, where at large is, be going to, is going to be because these are immigrants largely. These are, if you have the money to immigrate from China, India, Pakistan, you're already selecting from a pretty elite class of people there um, in terms of who's going to come over. Um, so
1: for instance, it's not really,
3: necessarily true. Wait, yes, just, just real quick. I,
1: that is absolutely so true. true. It's absolutely true. So for a really good example. For- just, just so, well, I promise i come right back to you, Lisa. I appreciate okay. your
2: spirit. Yeah, just, <laughs> I'm just saying it, it is It's absolutely true. So for instance, if I look at black families in the United States, I can get one median income and one like picture of what a black house looks like. But if I were to look at just Kenyan families or Nigerian right. families, now yeah. I'm getting some of the wealthiest Americans or or the mo- for Nigerians Nigerians hold more uh, postgraduate degrees than any other group of ethnicity of ethnic movement in the but, United States. but right?
3: that doesn't mean it's a product of what they came over with. It's a product of their culture and their values and what they what they prioritize, which is if education that was the case, and family units.
2: But if that was the case, then everybody in Nigeria would be ultra well educated. That's not the case, right? the, the, the country, they're coming
3: they, here to get themselves educated because they want a better life. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be wealthier when they get here. And I know she sure. did immigration case work for like ever.
2: That's okay. That's great. <laughs> but like, let's Stat, just think.
3: Statistically, it says, it says you're not correct.
2: Statistically, I promise you I'm correct. Let's just okay. think for one moment. What type of family could immigrate, could either move themselves or their entire family from Africa to the United States? We're, we're, People we're claiming
3: s- asylum that have nothing.
2: I don't think that the people that come from Nigeria and like attain postdoctoral degrees in the U.S. higher rates than any other ethnic group in the entire United States are all coming via asylum, right? The reason not, why these,
3: but a lot of them are. Uh, okay. Um,
2: okay. Hold on. All right. Well, keep going. Yeah.
3: We'll,
2: we'll debate that I, I, later. I, I, well. Okay. Hold on. This is just absolutely not true. So for anybody that has – I don't know what kind of immigration case you worked on, but if you're familiar with Chinese people – I live in L.A. I've been to San Francisco. I know a lot of Chinese American people here. A lot of these people, their families came over from a lot of these countries because they were pretty wealthy, because they were driven to get an education, because they were driven to have their children like get educated in the United States. You're not but selecting but for an average citizen. You're selecting from the like upper tier –
3: you're talking about student visas and people that come over here who have money who have student visas and then they get like- I'm not just um, talking
2: about student visas. Here's a question for you. Who do you think is going to be wealthier on average? The average American family or the average American family that's immigrated to another country?
3: The average American fa- I'll tell you what, this: this is a better question. Well, no, 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 no. I Chinese, want an answer to that, no, an answer to that question specifically. I, need, I want an answer been, to that question no, specifically. Because, no, wait, there's been Chinese people in America for how long? Right. They're not all immigrants from China, yet they prioritize education and they prioritize the family and they have been here for decades. And the reason is it's their priorities, not because they were already born into wealth.
2: I'm just curious who you think is going to be more wealthy, like the the families that come like the average American family or the average American family living abroad or that immigrates to another country.
3: Yeah, but that's a completely different story. They're coming here for a better opportunity and they're going over there for jobs and other things. Mm. People are not fleeing America for a better life.
2: Who do you think is wealthier, the average Chinese person or the average Chinese person that moves their whole family to the United States of America? Just to eventually circle back to the topic for tonight.
3: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I
2: understand, but like, I mean, like, we, we have to come from a similar epistemic on the day, like, our... I guess, to, or I'll do one quick spiel unless we done. I'm sorry, but it is absolutely the case that the the people that immigrate to this country that are looking for a better opportunities, better whatever, are oftentimes people that are coming from the higher quintile of income or wealth from the countries that they're coming from. That's why they can afford to do it. You're like, I'm sorry, but a so poor, up, a I poor, guess, up, wait, real quick. Let me just finish real quick. A poor Chinese farmer is not moving his whole family to the United States, or somebody that works on rice paddies in East India is not moving his whole family to the United States, oh, sure. or somebody in Kenya that is starving is not moving their whole family to the that, United that's, States. That's, typically your assumption.
3: And you have no evidence to back that up because that's not necessarily true. I, I mean I've seen their paperwork. They don't. They have like three cows. Like that's not how it works. I mean, just maybe do a Google search. I'm not in front of my computer, but like average income of an immigrant when they get here. It's it's not a high.
2: <clears throat> so I'm just curious. So what so if I were to show you like the what 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 number are you looking something. for? I'm, um All right.
3: I've dealt with so many families coming here on like spouse visas and other types of visas that are, there's not many people that just come right away and move their whole family here. It's like one person comes and then they bring over their spouse or they get married and they come here and like, it's not like, Oh, Hey, let's just move my whole family. There's lots of immigration laws that are, that are cumbersome. And it's usually like one person at a time.
2: Yeah. But who has the money to make it through those cumbersome processes?
3: It's really not that expensive. You can get waivers all the time before your income. You fill out one one form and you get all of your immigration forms and that the is, cost to it waived.
2: That is, that's not. It might be. Yes, the, it
3: is absolutely true.
2: Okay, so I have a Swedish fiance who's in the process of doing this. So we have a lawyer. We've been filling out all the K one visa stuff. So I understand you, you have some personal experience. I'd,
3: I'd be happy to write you a letter of uh, a, a, a congressman and write a letter of recommendation.
2: So the fact that you're even offering me that kind of shows you that wealthier people probably have an easier time with the system than like a random rice farmer in India, right? No,
3: because I helped Pakistani people come here that had no anything connection. They Somebody told them to call their congressman and we helped them out. That's what happens.
1: Um <clears throat> if we're able to remind the audience in <laughs> terms right, of how back this to I, 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 back. I, I
2: yeah yeah sorry fuck okay um just so real quick the household median income for asian americans is $75,000 which is 39% greater than the national median income of $54,000 but i imagine it will just say it's because they work but the Indians is
3: 126,000 filipinos That's fine. are 100 the majority 000. of asian americans
2: the majority of asian americans are immigrants with 66% of them being foreign born most asian americans are of chinese origin i, I like
3: they prioritize what's important education and family values it is what it is
2: um okay let's um we're gonna okay we'll, With that we'll, aside. come back around to this so um we agreed originally i think we agreed on this that we can point to maybe black culture or black family structures as being things that are detrimental at large to the black community yeah yes okay So if we were to say, for instance, that having a single parent in the household is a high predictor for your child committing a crime, I hope we agree on that. If we agree on that, it might be the case that we could follow that back and look at like disparate sentencing rates for different types of drugs and say, hey, when we enacted like these three strike policies from the 93 crime bill, when we cracked down on certain types of drugs in this way, we noticed that it produces this outcome that's leading to a whole bunch of bad downstream effects. So I agree with you that we can take a law originally that isn't racist. It doesn't have any bad racial intent. It might even be to help a certain race of people. But when we look at how that impacts things down the road, it's like, oh shit, hold on. Well, there's like a systemic injustice here because in an attempt to say help black neighborhoods by getting rid of crack cocaine, we've actually like- put a lot of black neighborhoods even worse on a path to a destruction by putting a lot of like black uh, African-American men into jails and then impeding their ability to ever get a job or to reform themselves or to contribute to their families. And I more. actually
3: agree with you. I think that there were laws on the books quite like not that, far, not that long ago. I mean, there were redlining, which happened to other communities too. There was, you know, um, stop and frisk and the things that you were naming in your opening sentence. And while I do think that those things that, At a time we did have racist laws on the books we do not now and to say that and to continue to say that the america is systemically racist or or that the police force is systemically racist now in its current form is wrong not only is it wrong but it's actually detrimental to the african-american community because what's happening is the more you mentally beat people down and say you're never going to make it because of a b c d they they begin to believe it and then this, this cycle only continues on and on and on. So I think that the best thing to do is say, yes, there were these problems. We'd like, there are certain ways that we would like to fix them. There are certain things that we can do, but to sit there and say that the police force right now, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about police, not the laws of Congress put on and not the laws, you know, or not what businesses are doing. We're saying is this police force racist right now on the books as per our definition, we agreed to in the beginning, is it racist? And the answer is clearly no. Now, okay, so are there effects I, from I, previous I, systemic racism? Sure. Sure. Is so it I, enough? I don't
2: disagree. No. I, don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm not here to say America is systemically racist. To be very clear, there were three different pieces of information that I wanted to go over regarding the police. The only reason sure. we're talking about crack cocaine and drugs is because you brought that up as your initial topic. You offered that to me. One of them, so Right. I just wanted to follow that down to where it's going. Right. So in terms of like. Um, I, I, it might be the case that there are black people today that are, you know, messed up in life because liberals on Twitter are telling them that the system is beating them. That that could be the case. I haven't looked into that much. I do know that it is indeed the case that once people are put into the incarceration system, the recidivism rates in the United States are among the highest in the world. And once you get registered in that system, you are more likely to recommit. You have a harder time finding a job that these are the types of like systemic issues that will affect people that have been processed by that system. And there are laws on the books today that seem to disproportionately impact certain races. So we talked about crack versus powder cocaine earlier. We could talk about marijuana laws as well. Um, And it seems to be that if those laws and the ways that we classify drugs exist today and they're being used to sentence black people in harsher manners or unfair manners today versus white people that it would seem to be the case that until they're repealed there is an argument to be made as long as these continue to produce bad outcomes for black families that there is a form of systemic injustice here now i'm aware though that we're talking more about the courts and the laws that exist in the books and not necessarily police officers themselves so we can move off to the police officer conversation but i don't think that the example you've given me right now is necessarily free of the but i think that you're missing
3: i think that you're missing a key point right and is that that you keep saying that there's systemic injustice but that's not injustice is not the same as racism and i think that this is contributing to a, a narrative in our culture that's like dividing us down the middle that america is a racist place or the police force or the laws it's racist now do they have disparate impact sure Right. I'm not saying that. Are there problems in the policing community that negatively affect one more than the other? Fine. But you have to look when you're talking about something being racist, you're talking about the intention of the law being racist. No, so you can shake your head. No, but that's how everybody takes it. Are these laws racist?
2: We're going to. Yeah. So I want to circle back to the systemic. racism. Let's go over
3: our definition of racism. Then, What's your definition of racism?
2: I want to circle back to the I, I can give you a definition of racism. So in my okay. opinion, being racist is usually when you attack somebody in a way that maligns their race, like as as that characteristic. No, like that's you're actually bad. Not the hold on, we just to hear just
1: to okay. hear the rest yeah. of Stevens.
2: Chill. Yeah, okay. So Marsh. typically attacking somebody on the basis of race is usually seen as like racist. Um so if I say like, "Oh, you're bad because you're black or you have this characteristic as your race," we would normally see those things as racist. When we talk about systemic racism, systemic racism as a system doesn't really require any racist actors. That's why it's systemic racism and not racism. So for instance, we could argue that there exists a systemically racist police force where none of the police officers themselves are actually racist because a system that perpetuates racially disparate outcomes doesn't need individual racist actors. That's why we call it systemic racism and not just racism.
3: The actual definition of, of racism is when you believe that one race is superior to another race, and that the rest are inferior. That's the definition of racism, right? So, to, hold on. If to I were to say if that,
2: say if there, I wait, can I ask a question. If I were to say that Asian people are less creative than white people, but they have their own strengths, is that racist or not racist?
3: No, but that you know that that's not the actual definition. It's well, no, wait, wait,
2: no, the definition you gave is just not no fair, superior so.
3: in that. No, that is the definition. Like Merriam Webster, it like that's the definition. Now, if you if you're gonna say that. Um. now you're I lost my train of thought but if you're going to say that like people are racist it, it has to have a negative intention you cannot say that a whole system is racist and that and that it's at the hands of this like white superior you know group that's purposely targeting people that's the that's what is coming out of all that conversation you don't think it is but it is I mean you're shaking your head no at me but the everybody watching who thinks that the system is racist it's at the hands of white people and that is not doing anybody any favors and it's they're doing they're saying it because they think that like it's you know that it's purposeful it's not purposeful nobody i don't think any cop or any lawmaker wants to intentionally um you know mess up the the african-american community it's just not realistic
2: so there are multiple discussions happening here so if you want to have the discussion that the phrase systemic racism is a shitty phrase because it's you, it's triggered the fuck out of a lot of people, I, you know, at this point, I mean, as evidenced by this conversation, I don't know if I would disagree with you. Um, because as soon as people hear the word racism, it literally doesn't matter what comes before and after, people immediately go on the defense for whatever reason, um, which makes it really hard to have a conversation about systemic racism. So if it would make you more comfortable or prevent you from getting triggered in the conversation, I can use a different phrase not, besides systemic, ra- You're very triggered right now. Um, no, not, as- I'm
3: just, I'm a very... To be Uh, very,
2: very, very clear in this conversation. And we can go back or I'll tell you if you don't believe me, I have never claimed a single actor is racist in this entire thing. I'm not telling you that the laws were racist. In fact, I think there are a lot of well intentioned laws that end up having bad outcomes that weren't racist. I don't think that our crime laws are racist or our drug laws are racist. That's the
3: topic of this conversation.
2: First of all, the topic of our conversation was about racism in the police force, not in our actual legislation or laws. You brought up the crack cocaine versus powder coat cocaine. Okay, so let's go I'm back going... to the
3: police force. Okay. Because you were talking about stop and frisk and things like that. So here we go. There are laws.
2: Sure. So, well, stop and frisk were activities that police did, but it was about the police force and the way that they engaged with stop and frisk. So so we can back okay so let's i don't think we agree with what systemic racism is but we'll see we'll see if we get there um although this particular thing doesn't actually require any any understanding of systemic racism so There's a really popular study that is published by Nature that they talk about. Um, And I'm sure you've heard this one before. So there's an idea that basically there were over 100 million traffic stops that were analyzed from 21 different state patrol agencies and 35 different municipal police. And what they found was that when they tried to control for whether or not it was light outside or dark outside, you actually find out that police officers are more likely to pull over black people when they can see the race versus at night when it's harder to see into the car. this is something that's been demonstrated with like a high confidence interval over like the study was over 100 million traffic stops um it seems like when you start to see stuff like that that might be evidence that maybe police are working from some biases that are unjustified
3: okay but there's been other studies that have been contradictory to that like when the doj did their investigation of the philadelphia police force and found 91 recommendations on how they could do better but that there was no racial bias there at all
2: I, uh, for which police force? Philadelphia. I don't. Judge, I don't know Harvard about Phil. I'm not. Well, I'm not here to argue. It was the
3: Department uh, of Justice did a study. I mean, it, they went in and they they went over all crime logs because there was a there was a um, an uptick in violent interactions with police and perpetrators, and so they they went and did a study. I mean, so there's plenty of studies that that have been done that will uh, like contradict and affirm and deny both sides here. Like that, like you can pick one out. That's fine. But like, you know, it, there's well, so also I'm,
2: so I'm trying to pick out like a study that catalogs well, no. over 100 well, million what traffic does, stops. Don't they? Well,
3: I mean, for it, the most part, no, no, people no, no pick because, I, because I because
2: I've picked out a, a study that includes over 100 million traffic stops, and you're setting me something about one investigation into the Philadelphia Police Department. I didn't but come here to argue about the Philadelphia more. Police Department. I came here to talk about like. And what year was that not... study
3: done? Just out of curiosity, I've heard about, it, but <sighs> I don't remember what year it was done. What year was that done? Because I, I believe that it was over at least 10 years ago, right?
2: Uh, well, it collects, or, it, or it, the it was published in 2020. But the data set that it collects is over a wide period of time. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know, like how many years they collected the data through. But the study itself was published in 2020.
3: Yeah, I think the data was collected earlier, if I remember
2: correctly. It, it might have been, but
3: I mean, but like the, the normal. The thing is, is that what, what the big topics have been is that it have been like um, you know more. The, the reason that we're even having this conversation is because of BLM and George Floyd and Breonna but Taylor. Hold on, hold
2: on, and- hold on. I have to, I've got to cut you off. If you're going to do this, okay? I don't want to get roped into larger BLM, blah, blah, blah. I'm only no, here, the would- only question that I'm curious about, because I have plenty of criticisms for all of those organizations. No, and I'm not. All of these related. Really so I'm not, I'm not here to defend BLM. Or I'm, I'm not. I'm just I'm asking very simply you. the question of, is there like systemic racism potentially? Or are there maybe a lot of like cops that think they're well-meaning, but they do things that contribute to bad racist outcomes that we don't want in the police force? That's
3: very yeah, specific. But that's what's important. We have to we have to make sure that we distinct that, that we identify like people that have good intentions that are not racist intentions. Ha, may there may be some disparate outcomes, but that's not proof of racism. And that's I'm important. not trying to prove perfect.
2: racism. So for the fourth but you time, are because that's what
3: the, we're doing
2: for the, for the fourth time. I don't know how many more times I'm going to say this for the fourth. Time, I don't know how
3: many more times you're going to say because you clearly don't right, get it. Let's,
2: okay for the fourth time. I am not trying to say that cops are racist, or they're these horrible racist intentionally bad actors, that's not what I'm looking at. That's not what I care about. Well, I would care if that was the case. I don't generally think that's the case in most United States. What we're looking good. at is, is the police as an institution, do they act in ways that we could call systemically racist? Do they contribute to racialized outcomes for no good reason? That's what I'm looking for. I'm not trying to figure out if all But it's not are for no good
3: reason. It's for reasons like I explained, where they're trying to actually... They're, it's not it. Listen, if you look at the people that are being arrested or whatever by cops, they're still committing the crimes like the let's problem talk about is, like violent crime. Yeah, we, we still so we can talk about.
2: Okay, it's not a, okay, they are, but there are still bad outcomes that are disproportionately impacting black people over white people or hispanic people. So the DOJ released, we want to move on from the nature thing, which I don't know, we that. But the DOJ released a big special report on the police use of non-fatal violence covered the years from 2002 to 2011. And when you dug into this, even when people were being pulled over for crime. So like the the headline fact is like 4.9% of blacks experience a use of force during stops compared to 1.8% of whites and 2.5% of Hispanics. But even when you look at things like when suspected of a crime, even when suspected of a crime, 11% of blacks experience violence versus 5% of whites. If you had three or more contacts with police officers, so they've pulled you over three times and you're in the system, the chance of violence if you're white is 5.7%, Hispanic 9.3%, black 11.7%.
3: Okay, but look at the dates again of your thing. And as you know, I'm sure you've done your homework, that violent interactions with police officers as a whole for white and black people have been on the decline so you just set up to what 2011 right what was your date Yeah, 10 years ago right? yeah okay but 10 years ago so that's not today and they're they're like legit if you look at violent interactions with police officers from now from the last like uh, since 2017 it's steadily on the decline number one number two is for every 10,000 white crimes for every 10,000 crimes committed by white people four white people will die white perks will die at the hands of cops for every ten thousand black people that 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 commit crimes three black people will get and that's from fbi statistics three black people will die at the hands of cops so so the black people are committing more of the crimes white people are actually being killed more than black people and then you're going to say that the police force is more racist and leads to disparities in policing.
2: I don't know how to contextualize the numbers of for every ten thousand white crimes, three. people just died. Just look at the yes,
3: just Hold on. Just it's, it's me it's your- a,
2: well, so. FBI statistics are, are not a study. I, I If I'm trying to like put together information or I'm trying to get an understanding of how something is working, I don't just open the FBI statistics, um, look up the word black, find out how many people died and then like copy paste that into like an argument. Like, I don't think that's a good way to look at data. I don't think that's a good way to figure out what's going on. There are a lot of questions that need to be asked. Like, well, you know, are are why are people being stopped? You know, are there people that are committing more crime than other group? Like, where are the people being stopped at? I, I mean, well, what bit- would you rely on
3: for your methodology? Because surveys are, notoriously um inconsistent um what, what would your methodology be for collecting data information other than looking at raw data
2: well i, I mean it depends so the u.s so the doj special report on the police use of non-fatal force relies on the fact that every time a police officer pulls over somebody there's a report that's written um the nature study relating to traffic stops goes off of the reports that are filed by um different not hospitals.
3: every not every police force has to submit their data. You know that.
2: Yeah, so I understand that if you want, we can play the ultimately skeptical position. You, you're free to do that. Epistemically, it's fun if we want to like argue nihilism or something. But in terms of like going by what's in front of us, right? Like like which is raw it, data. What?
3: Which is raw what, data. What
2: raw data. It does not a study make. You know, like we, we can be infinitely skeptical of things, but like if your husband catches you fucking somebody, you say, "Well, that's actually my secret twin," right? Like it that might there might it might be the case that that's true, and you could legitimately argue, like, "Well, you don't know if I have a secret twin or not," but that doesn't really make an argument, right? So right yeah, now, but, when I look yeah, through the you're, data but you're on stuff, wait, hold on, real quick. When I, when, when I look, I'm I'm not going to the extreme because when that I was look, just through, certain, like
3: a hyperbolic example that, there. No, Clearly that was
2: sense. an example of how absurd it is to be skeptical when all the data points in one direction. And say, well, it's not perfect. It
3: doesn't all point to one direction. I just gave you data that doesn't. And you're saying it's not from a study that hasn't been done by some peer-reviewed people that have some, you know, bias inherently in them in general, right? If a bias exists raw data, you look at raw data, that's what it says.
2: So raw data is what we use to invade Iraq for weapons of mass destruction. So I don't know. That is absolutely true. That's what. That's what. That's what raw data does for us. So I don't. If you want to use raw data, I, I mean, like, I'm
1: sure that we. I've can also studied, it,
2: lots throw, of studies. Studies. I mean, that's like once a oh, week. There is
1: a lot out. of interrupting, Lisa. Okay. I do. I do have to jump Sorry, in really I know, quick.
3: It's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: We
2: can, I, we could do raw data numbers all you want. I mean, we can go dig through, and I, we, you know, you can you know jangle a statistic to say almost anything you want, depending on how you you want to look at things. But this is what the point of like a, a study is: is that we, we get somebody to look at the data, we get somebody to contextualize stuff, and I think that that's an important part of what we do. For and, and even for the conservative argument, that's an important part of what we do, right? If somebody you know presents you a study and they say, "Look at this: police officers killed, um, you know, twenty times more black people than white people in the city." Sometimes it's valuable for a conservative to be able to say well hold on if we contextualize this and we say well maybe in this city black people committed 20 times more crime so it makes the number not actually that insane this is why we have studies it helps but us that's guide still the conversation looking at just raw data no that's, that's
3: still yes it is you're looking at raw data so who who was arrested more there that would just be in that scenario that you just gave it would be black people it's not like we're not surveying people The city, it's through the raw data you just made my point
2: <clears throat> okay i'm just curious so in your mind like what do you think would be the difference between like raw data and a study
3: well, I, so because I studied behavioral economics, that's all I did was make up studies and experiments all the time. There's difference. There's Wait, different you studied, ways can you
2: say that again? You studied what?
3: Behavioral economics.
2: You studied so behavioral we, economics. Yes. Okay. Does that mean that you took two classes as part of an undergrad? No, I, actually, no I went
3: to the university of Pennsylvania for my master's in behavioral economics. Okay. No, but so I no. master's
2: in behavioral economics. And you're telling me with a straight face that just numbers that raw data is the same as a study.
3: I will tell you without a doubt, okay, that you you do need to define terms and things like that when you're looking at when you're looking at raw data fine, but you're talking about studies that we that are done from surveys which are which are notoriously not reliable, right? And from multiple different forms of experimental data and things like that, the way the methodology used, I don't know exactly what that methodology is in that study, but the best thing you can do is define your your terms of what's like quantities that you are looking at when you're doing analysis. You define the terms and the raw data tells you the real deal. It does.
2: Have you ever heard of econometrics?
3: You're so funny. I mean, like my point is, is that the well, raw data I'm just
2: data saying, I'm just, I'm just if, all if the if degrees more, you, if, you have, this wait, is- Wait, how come lit- you
3: can cut me off, but I can't cut you off. I'm well, just I, curious. I,
2: you're cutting me off so much, but go ahead. I'm sorry. All
3: right, so I right. I'm gonna cut
2: so, you off, cutting me off, go ahead.
3: Right, thank you. So if we're looking at raw data, Right. And more black people commit more of the crimes than white people do. And but yet still more white people are dying at the hands of cops. Then then how then how is the system inherently racist? Now, are there some things that 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 have disparate outcomes? But there's a whole lot of things to do. Are the police do the police favor, um, you know, women? Are they are they anti sexist because more men are being uh, put in prison than women? No right? More men are committing more of the crime than women are. That's, sti- that's statistics. That's just playing overall data, right? That doesn't mean just because more men are being put into prison than women doesn't mean that they favor men or they're just trying to lock up men. And that's the argument that you're making for white and black. And that's not, that's not accurate.
2: So let's go by the male-female thing. If I look at the data, it seems to be way more men are, are put into prison than women are whether we're talking per capita or anything it seems like way more men are put into prison as women so
3: women do actually get lower sentencing rates too for the same crimes
2: so how how can i so if i'm looking at the raw numbers there wouldn't it lead me to believe that like maybe the everybody is sexist against men
3: i mean i'm asking you that's because that's the argument you're making on the other side
2: no my, my um
3: it is i'm
2: truly at the bottom of a pit of despair here. um so. What was your? I'm. I'm just. I'm actually just. So here, here's it, like you're saying. You're saying, Wait, wait, wait. What? It, what? It, I'm just curious. What you're were saying your because more black. Men no, 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 no. no hold on. I, I, now, well, now we. Now we have like the, this epistemic divide of is there a difference between raw data and, and a study? No, no.
3: Well, just well, get I'm, to the point. Listen no, no, to no wait. Let we can't. We're,
2: we're at. We can't. Cro- we're at a, an impasse right I, now. I will okay? explain
3: it so that you can respond. Let me finish. Okay. It's simple this way. You are saying that that more black people are incarcerated. Because of our police system would be systemically racist. Yet men are more incarcerated than women. Are you saying that the the policing state is, you know, um, anti misogynist? Uh,
2: like are they that's, that's the argument whatever? you're making. You're I, I mean, that I, well, so- it, this is a bad example because I would argue that I do think that men get unfair sentencing compared to women and there are a whole bunch of issues related to like domestic violence and stuff that that aren't taken as seriously on the woman's side versus the man's side so i mean i, I would argue that but but, but i'm just curious what for, for what was your master's thesis over what did you study for your master's for behavioral we, it, economics it was, yeah it was behavioral economics like what did you defend for a thesis we
3: didn't have a thesis we had capstones what is it university of pennsylvania you can look it up
2: So, like, what was, like, what was an example of, like, a final project that you did?
3: Um, We did, I did a a, uh, cheating in high, cheating in school. Um, If you give them, like, certain cues, would they be more likely, less cheat, less, less likely to cheat on college exams or something like
2: that? So, like, what are some of the things that you would have done for that, for that So, like, it's
3: more about, like, behavioral economics has to do with, like, more social norms and framing and nudging and you know, that type of thing. So what you do is you study, um, you know, social norms and, you know, social experiments, and then you set up social experiments, like one, we'll we'll talk about it later, I guess. But like, Mm -hmm. look at like, um, a perfect example is the World Bank's 2013-2015 mind behavior um, report that they put out. Excellent. That's pretty much all we do.
2: Gotcha. Okay. I I don't think I disagree with you there. So when you talk about like social norms, framing, nudging, right? right. So <clears throat> I think that one of the reasons why the, the field of behavioral economics kind of spawned, this is my totally uneducated guess. so you can t- stop me if I'm wrong, is that sometimes in this like neoclassical econ world, uh, we make assumptions about how individual actors will, will function in an economy. And sometimes when we look in the real world and we see, well, you know, people make these purchasing decisions, people do these types of things. Well, it seems like people don't always act as these hyper-rational actors. In their best actors. interest. Yeah, right? there are t- sometimes they do things that are literally contrary to their interest, right? Correct. So behavioral economics, like, it feels to me like spawned off of that where it's like, well, what are these other kind of harder to quantify factors that lead mm-hmm. people into making decisions that, on its face? It seems irrational, right? Correct. So I feel like from that framing, it seems to be that if we were to ask a question, so let's say I was to ask a question, what's the best way to sell a product, right? Like if we were looking at like the raw data, we might just say that like, oh, a cheaper product will always sell better. Or like the raw data of like, well, this sold more on this store, so it should sell more in this store. These would be ways of looking at raw data but it would, we would actually, we would want somebody that knows like behavioral kind of and is like, well, hold on, this sold better in this market because of this reason. Or it might be a lower price here, but people actually will buy things over here if it's a higher price. Cause it, it But you're like still kind of like getting that money. from data. You're we still getting are, that data. We are, but it's not, but at that point, the in, when you start to make interpretations of the data, it's no longer raw data. Now it's been like filtered by somebody that knows what they're looking at. It's been filtered by somebody that is now like giving you an interpretation where you're like, okay, listen, I understand that it, it looks like this thing here. It looks like if we sell this for this price over here that it'll do really well over here, but actually we can sell it for way more because the people that live here are way more wealthy. Um, so it's kind of raw data, but you're taking all of that raw data and you're like filtering it through and in and econ, and econ, especially in econometrics, we're filtering it through like all these complicated algorithms and formulas Correct. to try to determine like, OK, well, if we do this, it'll change this variable or this will change that variable in order to figure out like how, how things will turn out. Right. Right, it's But not that's just still a-
3: looking at raw data. Right. I mean, that's still that's still taking data and interpreting it. Now, there are many factors out of this raw data that will that will contribute to more black people being incarcerated some of that would be childless like I mean um, fatherless homes or I mean not fatherless but not uh, children out of wedlock some of it would be you know old crime law some of it would be poverty some of it would be uh, personal decision making I mean we're still quantifying all those things but when you look at the base, and that's what I'm talking about I'm taking that data and when you look at it and you break it down and you say okay well the, the bare numbers tell you that Per every ten thousand crimes, more white people that are committed by white people, or vice versa, committed by black people, more of those people are dying. White people are dying. than and and that's just one metric. If you look at all these other things. It's not necessarily do some do some like old policies or old things from uh, laws and and policing. Do they contribute? do they contribute yes to um you know more black people being incarcerated but that's not the only that's not the only thing and that's exactly what i'm telling you you look at other data like marriage marriage just being married um you know decreases family wealth by like 98% or something ridiculous right so when you're looking at the numbers i'm talking about numbers like raw data i'm not talking about how you feel or what you think the police think or or anything okay, like so that
2: okay so just to, to be, it's not about how we feel it's it just about like
0: accurate.
2: it's uh, it's not about how we feel. It's the idea that taking one number might not give us the complete story for what's going Correct. on. Correct.
3: for I, instance,
2: I, you, well, you don't hear me because you're throwing this ten thousand white crimes. Versus I, also 10, 000 threw at you, black I
3: also threw at you uh
2: you know I I I I don't,
3: wet, I don't,
2: yeah, rates, I don't I, yeah, so these two things they all contribute. They I'm sure they do. But these types of discrete things don't give us a good picture of a particular thing. So for instance, even out of wedlock childbirth... That's probably not as big of a problem as people think it is. That's probably like a bigger proxy for your socioeconomic status. For instance, a lot of children that are born out of wedlock are probably born to like poor mothers whose father is no longer around, right? I'm sure that if you're born to a decently wealthy family and the parents just didn't get married, yeah, it's probably not ideal, but you're not living in the ghetto selling crack cocaine, right? right but who
3: who's the most impoverished people in our country? It's poor white people that are
2: as a as a per capita yeah, like class more people, i don't think more, that's
3: there are more white people on welfare than there are on black black people on welfare well, but, right now well, in America. but
2: black people are like three or white people like three times the percentage of the population right
3: yep there's still more of them and they're not committing as many crimes
2: okay but so so you but, can't but, just but, say but, lower
3: but, eco, ec, uh, socioeconomic status <laughs> is the reason that they're committing these crimes
2: yeah but like we would if we were going to meaningfully analyze these numbers we would look at this as like a per capita not an absolute number of people right
3: i mean it's there's an absolute number of people there are a certain amount of people that commit crimes there are a certain amount of people that don't right and if we break that down into demographics more african-american people commit crimes than white people
2: um
3: True. and so and so now we're talking about More white people are in the lower socioeconomic state. That's true. So now you're saying that it's socioeconomics that's contributing. It's uh, not necessarily birth rates that matter, but no, it's a combination of all these factors and the policing, and that's my point. The policing is not, the police system or the laws on the books are not responsible at whole. Maybe some in part from generations past, but not currently. There are no systemically racist laws on the books now as it stands. And so that's so not the for case. the
2: fifth time. There isn't. There's no such thing as a systemically racist law. If there's a racist law, we just call it a racist law. It's
3: okay. Fine, uh, that's what I'm saying. But there's there's nothing that makes the makes our system right now systemically racism because it means that racism is embedded in the laws and regulations. That's what that's what it means.
2: So when we look at like stop and frisk um, as a policy for New York, we saw, for instance, that um blacks and hispanics were three times more likely to be stopped by police than white people but there was like a similar rate of recovery of contraband and weapons so right why so many more stops if you're not actually like recovering or getting any successful All right, well let's,
3: let's think about let's think about the areas that you're in right so okay i just crime.
2: i'm gonna cut you off real quick and i know this is mean but i wanted to tell you that this is my frustration with this debate is that earlier you were very happy to throw out two 10,000 numbers at me and mm-hmm. I just threw out one number at you. Now you're very interested in a more qualitative approach. Now you no, there's, really there's want to statistics. contextualize. Nope, well, not, no, I gave you not the raw numbers and now you to want to talk about the neighborhood. It. So if you want to talk about them, that's fine. I welcome that conversation, but but I just no, want to point out what you've back done back here. Okay. Numbers
3: again. We're going back to raw numbers again in that more crimes happen in a certain jurisdiction. And as more crimes happen, statistically more crimes happen, what happens there? They send more police. So who's going to get stopped and frisked more? But the, where they that's, concentrate the police force. That's, I mean that's just basic numbers again.
2: That's an example of systemic racism though. If we're but it that doesn't isn't. even make it doesn't even make sense to send police to these areas to do stop and frisk because they're not recovering weapons any more likely than they would be off of white people.
3: Where do you think that the majority of the police if, if you have a, an area, I don't care if it's black, white, whatever, if you have an area that's higher crime, where are you gonna send majority of your police force? To the nice neighborhood where things aren't bad happening, or you're going to send it to the the neighborhood where all the crimes happen, and then that will that will, you know, divert your statistics. You know
2: that it doesn't matter. We're talking about it if, does matter. If that was to be the argument, then all you've argued in favor of is a systemically racist system where we're sending cops to all the black people to go and stop and frisk them instead of the white people, even though you're just as likely no, to get a gun or contraband out of a white car as you so would a happens, black, or Hispanic black live car.
3: No, you see, you're looking at it wrong. We're not sending all the cops to go target Black people. We're sending them to the areas where the crime is. It's a secondary issue that it's all the Black people committing the crime in that neighborhood.
2: It seems to be the case that if if you were truly concerned with recovering firearms from people or contraband, you'd probably be trying to stop white people as much as Blacks and Hispanics. And I'm sorry, but by the wrong. What numbers, if they're not
3: there? I mean... What if they're not there? Are you, okay, so I don't know. Where do you live?
2: Um, Right now, I live in Los Angeles.
3: Okay, so you live in Los Angeles. So, like, pick an area, right, that, you know, not not a lot of crime happens, right? Why would you send your cops where not a lot of crime happens to stop and risk for for weapons? Because
2: your hit rate is the same.
3: It's not, though.
2: (laughs) But it—that's the whole point. Was that it? That's was. not what the
3: study said. They the just study were, they says were just looking at race, not geographic location. The
2: study says that blacks and Hispanics were three times more likely to be stopped than white people, but they had similar rates of contraband and weapon recovery. Why would you waste and so much time stopping these people so much more if your chances of getting anything out
3: of them were just the same as any other? Because because you're missing the point. It's not like they're sending them. There's there's probably less white people to stop and brisk. In the areas where they were stopping and frisking, nobody's going to like you know um, uh, what is it like, like one of the nicer neighborhoods in New York and stopping and frisking people there. No, they're going to Harlem, okay? And there's less white people there, and so when you look at the rate of recovery, okay, it's about the same. They were stopped what? more because there's more in that concentrated in that area. Like, Why you, that's a twisting of statistics.
2: Sure. Why are you so interested in this here, that you want to focus on the per capita of a particular area, but when we talk earlier about the number of people living in poverty, you're more concerned about the absolute number of white people versus the absolute no, number of We're just talking – no, we're talking about raw data here. Well, no, you're raw, no longer – to be data. clear, you're not talking about raw data anymore. You're trying to contextualize things. I gave you no, raw just data. I'm talking about numbers. Okay, so then what about the numbers in the DOJ special report for the police use of nonfatal violence, where black people were twice as likely to encounter violence if they've had more contacts with the police, um, if they're suspected of a crime? If any of these things happen, they're still like twice as likely as white people to be to have a violent interaction with the police.
3: They're likely to have... I mean, like, I'm not going to give all, all the reasons that, like, I'm magically, I don't like know why. I don't think it's, I actually don't, I, but it's what I believe is not that the police are racist or, ha- or they're racist towards them. I think that it's behavior. I think that when you tell people all the time that the police hate you, or they're going to shoot you, or cops are bad, and that's the narrative, that your behavior changes when you interact with police. That's what I think.
2: Okay, but that, I need that to be demonstrated. I don't really care what but you no, think you about No, you don't, it. because I need- the
3: burden is on you to prove that the reason that those outcomes are happening is that it's racist. That's not the burden is on me. You ask me what I think. Show me that it's racist. Just so, because it has a racist outcome doesn't mean it has a racist intent.
2: So for the sixth time, I will repeat, I'm not you can, saying but that you're we wrong. need a racist intent. If it was a racist you do intent, that. we Hold would on, just be talking about racism. We would be talking about racism, not structural or systemic racism. And even if we were just talking about racism, what about related to the 100 million traffic stops? Why are police officers pulling over black people less at night than they do in the morning?
3: I mean, I, I don't, I actually don't know that study, but look, you told me about it, it's fine. You said it was from whatever dates. I'm not, I'm totally aware of that one, like the back of my hand. I'm saying to you that when you talk about, when the title of this is, is the police force is semantically racist, that, that to me means that the laws on the books are racist, and not just that they have a racist outcome, but they have a racial, like a racist intent. That's what we're talking about. Are there things that contribute in the police force to disparate outcomes of people? Yes, but you cannot call that racist, you just can't. And that's what this whole debate is about. Is it racist or is it not? And so I guess we're not agreeing on the definition of systemic racism, but if you look it up, it's what I said. It's the racism embedded in the laws. Like Jim Crow laws. That would be an example of systemic
2: racism. Well, no, that would just be
3: racism, right? Like No, no, actually. um, We can agree to disagree, but that's not it.
2: Okay,
1: I guess so. Um, Where do we go, middle guy, James? Yeah,
3: where do you want to go from there? Because- we can
1: go into Q&A if you're ready, unless there are any other, you could say, sub-facets of this broader conversation that you guys wanted to explore before we do that. Um, I, I mean, I guess just to summarize, okay,
2: like, or go ahead. I want
3: to know what you would do to fix it. So say you say that this systemic racism it exists, right? And how, how would you get rid of it then?
2: Um, well, I mean, it depends on what particular type of racism we're talking about. So if it seems like we have laws on the books, that are leading to highly disproportionate outcomes and we can't really justify them, then I think that easing those laws would probably be a good idea. So for instance, even though you brought this up as an example, I personally don't think there's a big deal in different charging between crack and powder cocaine. I think that they do have different impacts on people and I don't necessarily see a huge problem with charging these slightly differently. But when we look at things like marijuana, White people and black people have the reported usage rates of marijuana roughly the same, but I think black people would charge like five times more for it. This seems to be like a highly racialized outcome. I'm not saying the law is racist, but it seems to be a highly racialized outcome that exists for absolutely no reason. And when we agree that black men going to jail ruins black families that don't have black fathers embedded in them anymore, which causes more black people to grow up and become criminals, that's, in my opinion, an example of like a systemically racist or systemically unjust thing that can be eased dramatically by getting rid of one bad law.
3: Okay. So I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with you that I think that I actually I, I'm a believer that we should get rid of all drug laws. I'm not, you know, as long as it's uh, you know, not harming anybody else, you can put in your body whatever you want. Like that's sure. what I think. But or when, Um, but I don't but like I said, for for me, that if it's considered a, a racist law, then it has to have a racist intent. There are there all kinds of things that, that, you know, cause different outcomes, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily, necessarily systemically racist. So I would agree with you on that
2: policy change. Sure. The idea behind stop and frisk was that if we give our police officers a little bit more freedom, that they have the ability to eye out, like, you're a suspicious person. I can stop you. I know I could find some shit on you. I just need, like, a little bit more flexibility to do it. When we poured through all of the data on stop, on stop and frisk, and we looked at how all these interactions went, it seemed like cops were way more keen to stop and frisk with no probable cause, black people or Hispanic people, but they didn't really get guns off of them any more than they did white people. So that idea that police officers need that ability to stop and frisk you without you being suspected of committing a crime, is probably not, like, the best idea so that would be an I'm, example I'm of a policy so. okay yeah so that would be an example of a policy i think but here's
3: here's an example too about like racism and things like that about cops and their intuition i guess so you see like a black guy in like you know baggy jeans and a hoodie or a white guy with tattoos and a chain belt right at night you're crossing the street you see a white guy in a sweater vest or a suit and a black guy in a sweater vest and suit you're not you're not crossing the street right like that's just it is it's not about it, and it, and this is where I think a lot of people like misconstrue things that would necessarily be considered racist. But like, there are people that look like whether they are or they're not, they're up to no good. And and so a police officer would say, "Hey, that guy looks like he's up to no good. He looks a certain way. It may not have anything to do with the color of his skin. It may have to do with how he dresses or what tattoos he has on his arm." Like that's the thing. We're uh, we're not just because you have a different racial outcome doesn't mean that systemically there's a racist intent or motivation behind it. And and,
2: And I agree with that. And for the seventh time, I will say that a systemically racist thing doesn't need a racist intention behind it. And I will very carefully draw a difference between this. It might be the case that every single time I'm walking down the street, I might see a black person and I might get scared and I might cross the street. It might be the case I do that every single time, but you know what? This is the United States of America. If I want to do that, fuck it. If you want to be racist, That's your God-given right. It's the United States of America. Knock yourself out. But there is a big difference between me being racist and just being afraid of black people versus a member of the law who has an exclusive use on violent force and the ability to deprive you of your freedoms being a racist person and stopping you. Racist like individuals can be racist. They exist all over. We're not going to get rid of all racist people, whatever. But a racist police officer that's performing like a Terry stop or that's like actually trying to deprive you of your rights, whether temporarily through detainment or less than temporarily through imprisonment that's something that demands a different and more special type of attention than an individual that might cross the street because they're scared of the person on the other side
3: right i agree with that but i'm saying just even in your case of the stop and frisk there's no actual indication that skin color is the only the determining force of why they stopped and frisked black people more than white people you can't prove that
2: well, but the, the you reason- can assume
3: you can make as many assumptions as you want, but like you can't prove that it wasn't because of how the guy was dressed and let and not because of his skin color.
2: Like, let's say that I pulled over 10 people that had blue sweatshirts on and I found one gun, but let's say that I pulled over like a thousand people that had um a thousand people that had um you know like yellow sweatshirts on um and I found uh, you know like a hundred guns, right? Like, if, if you were to look at me pulling people over. And you're saying, okay, hold on. You have a limited amount of resources. You pulled over ten blue sweatshirt people. You got a gun off of just ten. You got one gun. You had to pull over, a, a, you know, a thousand of these uh, yellow sweatshirt people. We got a hundred guns. Why wouldn't you pull over more blue sweatshirt people? Like, what the fuck? Like, you could just pull over like twenty more, and you'd find two more guns. Why are you right, but over, like, you're you're
3: like, not. But, and that's the thing. You're not. You're just like saying like they're pulling them over like everywhere in wherever they are. You're not. You're not pulling over. You're not taking the full data. And looking at it and examining where where were they? What's the population size there? Like, how many people were committing crimes? Is a high crime area? It, but it's it not about again. Primary. To be
2: clear, stop and frisk is not about like people that are like actively um, like committing crimes or whatever.
3: No, they're just people that look suspicious. I understand.
2: Yeah, but people that look but suspicious, it, but people worried, that look suspicious, it happens to be three times Hispanic and Black people. And if you find firearms or contraband on the same amount as White people, it seems like they don't. They probably don't the look that suspicious. Are, That's not the case. Because the, the cops are
3: primarily sent to high-crime areas, which happen to be, in New York, Black and Hispanic areas.
2: Yeah, but if I mean, we're getting, if we're you're, getting you're gonna similar... You're going
3: to run into less White people there. You're just going to okay. run into less White people there. You just are.
2: Okay. Um...
1: Okay, little guy. Where
3: are we okay. going, James? Anyway, if you want to go Q&A, let's do
1: it. We'll jump into the Q&A as there are indeed a lot of questions. Do want to remind you, folks, our guests are linked in the description. If you have been, I mean, folks, you've been here already for an hour. You must be enjoying at least one person making their case. So I would encourage you to click on their links below in the description box as we really do appreciate our guests. And this first question coming in from Arcade Outpost says, police are anti-white, which is how you get Rotherham, idle cops during riots, and lax slash severe prosecution depending on politics of the arrested party.
2: Wow. Base and red pilled.
3: I mean, I I attended lots of the BLM and Antifa and Proud Boy riots undercover. I helped film them. And I will definitely say that I definitely say that. If you look at, I guess, just January 6th, compared to all the riots I went through, there were way more people arrested and are still in prison without even, you know, having due process for a very long period of time. Um, And there were plenty of people that were let go. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily across the board. I think that just has to do with the current political condition as far as um, the, the rioting, the BLM stuff all summer long. I mean, people were bailing them out left and right or they would just be you know taken in like john sullivan was one for the six he was there and they they arrested him and let him go right away he turned out to be one of the worst perpetrators and so now he's facing prison time but um you know i don't necessarily think that's the case all the time but i i just think that right now in this hyper politicized thing if you're looking at the blm rise versus the Capitol, um yeah they're they're targeting those political ideologies i wouldn't necessarily say it's like white versus black but it's more political ideology there
2: just as a quick raw number for that um over fourteen thousand people have been arrested related to george floyd protests but
3: right but, but how many more george floyd protests were there there was one cap there was one
2: so you're saying riot. that the you're saying that the per capita is very relevant in this case then
3: i'm saying it before I'm, I'm saying that like you know how many how How many
2: of the george floyd protests involved breaking into like u.s federal buildings
3: oh i love that actually not uh, as many people that have been arrested weren't actually breaking into them there was only about because i was there there was Mm -hmm. i worked there there was only about like i would say maybe at max 20 people that actually did violence and broke into the building if you look and you look at other surveillance At the point where the police were run over, they let a lot of people in. A lot of people that they let in didn't break into anything. As a matter of fact, it's the United States Capitol. It's our place. Now, granted, I don't think I actually even saw people go in. Wait, I actually even saw people go in and they didn't know that they were breaking in. Once those perimeters had been breached and there were people that were walking in, a lot of those people that just walked in got arrested they weren't breaking into the capitol they thought that they were just you know protesting i mean how many protests have we seen in nancy pelosi's office god forbid aoc led one so um you know how many people were looting and rioting businesses that got away with that how many people were taking over whole cities in portland um with with armed people walking around Chaz, i mean it's not it's not even comparable the level of how many people caused violence on one side to one incident and you're going to say that the threshold is what uh, worse, because it's you know a federal building. Well, I would say that it's worse that you know they're taking it to Congress and the people that represent them. The everybody else is just you know slamming their neighbors and and hurting businesses in their own communities and mm. affecting and affecting people who don't really have anything to do with it.
2: Sure, so just as a real quick of that. So I do agree that looting businesses and destroying those things are bad. That's why over 14,000 people have been arrested relating to the George Floyd marches, which is good. Um, People were not let into the Capitol building. People violently broke down the doors. There's so much- No, there were people let in. Real quick, so- People violently right. broke down the doors. We can, we've all seen videos of this. Of all the things yeah, that Trump trying to rewrite history. Oh, yeah, of all the things that Trumples try to rewrite history. And I don't know why this is the one you would choose. We've all watched the videos. A lot of us happened to watch it on a live stream. Um, police I was there.
3: let people. Right in there. There.
2: Oh, in that case, you know, less than we do then. Cause you didn't see all the different videos. You only saw your one perspective. So I'm glad to help you understand. No, why. actually but I if had you go I back and you look at any of the comprehensive videos that have been put together on how the Capitol building was breached by rioters, which it was, have you, not you can absolutely, I've seen so much about this. I promise you. Have you this, not seen a video you.
3: of cops letting them in? Letting them in, say, okay, I don't agree with you, but go ahead. Do you, have you not seen those The ones where they like open the
2: gates or whatever? No, outside? the
3: actual door to the inside of the Capitol. Yes. I will send so you Yes, so there
2: video. is one, I don't need to see your video because I've probably already seen it. There's one where a black officer is opening a door and letting them through parts of the building, but that's because he was trying to prevent them from getting to and murdering other lawmakers by leading them into other parts of the Capitol that weren't as compromised. No um first of all not everybody had no, had no weapons number two there were people there with handcuffs and stuff number three you can shake They're your ass I mean, all you want but if it was muslims invading the capital or black people you would be fucking up in arms right now you'd be out there on the street screaming that these people should have been arrested blah 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 you could pretend I otherwise that, but every it... single person listening we to this knows move. that you would absolutely lose your shit antifa. if antifa if antifa went into that building instead of a please... bunch of people wearing MAGA hats you would be out of your yeah. fucking mind oh, and then just real quick this. she said a couple other like fake things i'm sorry fuck, i just have to count Wait. these points because it's so wrong she's lying about so many things. Number. It's not no our one. place. It's not our place to just have any random insurrectionist or rioter or walk into a Capitol building when there is an incredibly important, important political process going on. Not anybody to stroll through the Capitol building while there are actual lawmakers that are voting Listen. on this. I don't know if you think that every single publicly, technically the federal gold reserves are our money. That doesn't mean that anybody can just stroll yeah. in and take whatever Slug they want. Okay, number one. No, I second. can't out. You just said like 30 false things, okay?
0: AOC did I not get any protests in Nancy arrested.
2: Pelosi's office that were anywhere near comparable to people walking in with handcuffs, scrolling through the, the federal building, streaming it, saying they were going to find and kill Mike Pence. And then people that are looting businesses aren't getting away with it. A lot of them are being charged. If you think that there are individuals that are being charged in an unfair manner, then number one, you must be really upset with Trump because a lot of those federal judiciary picks are literally his. And two, you're welcome to go through any of the charges that you're you want to totally say. I understand everything. We you're should saying, probably move on. On. You can go we really through could. any of the charges you want to say, hey, this charge is unfair. This charge is unfair. If it's not, then I hope that they beat it in court. All right.
3: Yeah, I so do. I, but I just want to make it clear for the record that if I. Think she's that gonna anybody, go. I'm gonna go
2: again, James. Me, you know, that going.
3: anybody that violated yeah. anything, that anybody that broke any property, or actually physically barged into the Capitol, should absolutely 1,000 be arrested. They were my coworkers and my friends in there. Okay, my boss was in there. My friends were inside at the time, actually in the Capitol. And so, no, I think that that was horrendous. Do I think that there were a lot of people who, after the break-in happened, that just filtered in, thought they were like. Sightseeing or something. You should see. There was like an 82 year old grandma. I do not think that that the people like that 82 year old grandma should be in jail for six months without a trial. I'm sorry. <laughs> if two if you people broke into your house, if two people,
2: if two we people broke into your by. house, and me and some friends wandered in afterwards to just kind of look around in your living room, would you be cool with that?
3: I'm telling you, the fact is, okay, is I didn't they, think they did so. not know okay. that they were
2: breaking in. There were they so many no, people they there. They didn't see all the people around. They had no idea no, what was I'm, going I'm on. I'm telling they were, you, they did Amazing. There were okay. plenty we're going going
1: to the know. next one. Okay, we're going to the next one. Thank you guys very much. Also, Bubblegum Gun says, despite cops not being racist, quote, law enforcement has to be racist because they enforce based on stats, and the stats show despite making up 13%, et cetera, et cetera. Do you guys get that? That's my argument, so I guess that's up to him.
2: Yeah, there's going to be some disproportionate enforcement based on the crime stats. I think that's totally fair. If 40% of, a, of 20% of the population is committing, you know, uh, like, a, a large number of crime, there's going to be more enforcement there. But just because somebody's committing more crime than another group doesn't mean that you can infinitely, like, enforce on those people. That's why you just have to try to look at the data and contextualize everything. Like, is the is the level of enforcement fair based on the percentage of these people you'd expect to be committing the crimes? I, I, I'm not going to sit here and argue that it should be exactly the same across the board for every race, for every age. Like, that would I would be ridiculous to do that. I would never make that argument.
1: You got it. Bubblegum Gun says, Police are to keep the classes in check, not safety. It's
2: a stupid lefty communist talking point. Next
1: up, Will Stewart says, Destiny, can you provide a study or evidence that says Asian immigrants are wealthy when they arrive?
2: Yeah, I, I didn't come with that number offhand. Um, I, if you want to go and read on that, like like immigration is something I've debated a ton in the past. Like, I, that, that's like a, like, nobody would contest that. Nobody that spent any amount of time in California or any place in, in the United States where Asian people immigrate to would, would ever contest that. It's like such an o- obvious no brainer. But if you're, you're welcome to go and look up the stats of like the wealth that immigrants have entering this country, um, and you can do that on your own time. Or if you want, you can cop on my stream. We can go look it up afterwards. Like, this is just something that I never even would imagine I would need to provide evidence for. This is like me saying offhand that like men are more likely to do serious damage to women in a domestic violence situation versus women to men and somebody like you have a source for that can you source that like no i can't fucking source that but i mean like this is so obviously true that somebody that immigrates like across the pacific ocean to come to the united states to send their kids to school is probably going to be more wealthy on average than the people that throw themselves over the fucking railings and kill themselves trying to build like nokia phones for you i thought that would be obvious but maybe it's not so next time i'll come with those numbers prepared
1: next up will stewart says he's coming after you dustin he says as someone who lived in asia for 13 years wealthy classes in asia do not immigrate They stay because they are wealthy. The lower middle class immigrates as they can't move classes easily in Asia.
2: Wow, base. Well, if he's lived there for 13 years, I mean, he must be correct. And Jonathan Kelso says, Actually, holy shit, if wealthy Asian people moved over to the United States, why wouldn't just all of their leaders move over? Maybe every single wealthy Asian person should move to the United States. I didn't actually even think of that. My bad. I fucked up. That guy got me hard. Jonathan, I
1: love your comment. Says, James, great job. Thanks for your kind words. Says, great job on keeping a neutral. Appreciate that. And then says, a reminder to your guests and fans of them or their position that the real winner of any debate is the audience who leaves having learned something new. So we appreciate that, Jonathan. Positivity. Tremendous. And want to remind you that our guests are linked in the description. Raw nakedness says, if surveys were unreliable and companies wouldn't, or if surveys were unreliable, then... Ad companies wouldn't pay millions of dollars for them. Lisa,
3: oh, um, they're definitely helpful, but when you're, but they are the least out of all of this, out of all of the, um, because the way people self-report, uh, people aren't always truthful in the way they self-report. They report kind of what they want to say or what they think is the right answer, and so because that's the type of. Um, that's the type of data you're collecting yes it can be useful for trends by and large but it is not it is absolutely the least um solid method of collecting data
2: you got just it. as a quick add-on to that like self report victimization surveys are literally one of the most important ways that we gather data about crime i, I don't know if anybody understands it or not but that's just the fact of like how we okay. gather information related to crime
1: LTD, thanks for your question, says the word racism itself is the most loosely defined and subjective concept in history. Any brand of activism leveled against it as a concept will inevitably lead to a witch hunt that will never end.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. If this conversation has shown one thing, I think that there are certain terms that liberals and leftists need to just fucking abandon completely. White privilege is one of those. Systemic racism is one of those. I think they need to find different words because as soon as any of these words are even quietly uttered, the other side is triggered out of its fucking mind and the ability to have any conversation about it goes completely out the window. And to be fair to to the right side, there are a lot of left leaning people that when they hear these words, they do say a lot of stupid shit. You know what? I'm shining you a lot, Lisa. I don't even fully blame you because there are a lot of dumb fuck people on the left that will. say shit like oh the police are systemically racist and that means every single fucking police officer is a racist piece of shit so you know what i'm actually in favor of retiring most of these words because they don't do the job anymore they cause more divisiveness and they do explanation uh, and fuck it and it just leads to a lot of problems high so,
3: five yeah. to that i'll agree with you on that there you go
1: juicy and factitionalist network says have the debaters touched on the history of the quote the war on drugs unquote laws that are currently on the books regarding racist intent
2: Um, Lisa brought this up earlier. I, I, I don't like arguing too much because people go fucking crazy about it, but I personally don't believe that the major driving force behind a lot of the war on drug stuff was just people hating black people. I think that there were a lot of black leaders in the 90s that saw their communities getting fucking destroyed by crack cocaine. There weren't neighborhoods being fucking destroyed by powder cocaine, and that's the shit that they decided to target. Um, Nowadays, we look at a lot of the sentencing laws, and we look at the three-strike policies, and we look at the 93 crime bill, and we just see a bunch of racism, 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 but at the time in the 90s, that's not how people saw it, especially people in the black community. So I'm not going to argue that like the war on drugs started with racist intentions but I think if you look at how it's ended up it seems like it's just kind of fucking over black people for literally no reason so we should dump most of that shit that's how I view it at least in terms of the 93 crime bill and the war on drugs is like part of this
1: you got it and then Sunflower says (laughs) Destiny if the quote hit rate in stop and frisk was heavily skewed towards the black and Hispanic people would it still be systemic racism good question
2: was was that to me or? Yeah, yeah. Was that the question? Was if the crime rates are skewed towards them? I can read would, it verbatim. It yeah. Said, read it.
1: Quote: If the hit rate, quote unquote, in stop and frisk was heavily skewed towards the black and Hispanic people, would it still be systemic racism?
2: It, no. If the hit rate was higher, then it makes sense. So the the it's. This is complicated math to explain, but if you have a 10% hit rate between three different groups of people, then you'd expect to try to hit these groups of people in in equal numbers. So if I think I've got a 10% chance of finding some legal shit, I'm probably going to go after these groups roughly evenly. If there's like a 50% hit rate on certain groups of people, I would expect to hit them more. When you enact something like stop and frisk, you're expecting that there's going to be a higher hit rate. That's why your police officers need to be able to make these uh, Terry stops if they have a reasonable suspicion, not probable cause is a reasonable suspicion. They should be able to stop people and you would expect that they get higher hit rates if you're relying on their intuition. But when we at the data behind Stop and Frisk. It seems like that's not what happened. It was more or less just whoever you fucking stopped, you had about a temper. You had a, it was like a one to 3% chance of finding some shit, whether they were white, black or Hispanic, but they stopped a whole lot more black and Hispanic people, whether it was because they were in those neighborhoods or not. That's how it ended up playing out.
1: You got it. NM, thanks for yours says get a J W we'll ask him. And Harley Quinn says Lisa, which peer review studies relating to the topic are biased quote unquote, as you said earlier.
3: Um, I mean, I, you just want me to pull out like regular studies. I don't, I'm, there's none on the top of my head that I'm like picking out. I'm, I can't think of like, uh, you know, there's been a lot of studies that have been done. I mean, with all kinds of, with all kinds of, um, with all kinds of like drug companies and look at the sugar studies they've done. And, you know, it was influenced by lobbyists and things like that. I mean, there's all kinds of studies that have been influenced by external factors where they manipulate data and, the best thing then that's why i think the best thing to do is look at raw data i mean just look at sugar consumption and how the, and or the tobacco industry or any other of these other industries i mean it happens across the board where people you know take data and they manipulate it in a study to what they want and and then they peer review it and it's like yeah it's fine like that's not really how it works so it's better to take raw data and all like like there's also like lying by omission and commission and so sometimes they will take the data and they'll leave out a part that they found or they'll, you know, leave, leave out a couple parts and then they'll write the study not listing all the information that you have. So when I see it, like when I'm talking about looking at studies, I want to know what all the data was. I want to see the raw data and see which ones they cherry-picked to write the analysis of the data.
1: You got it. And then thanks for this question from Stacey Flores. says, great job, girl. You're crowned the winner. Thanks, Destiny. Hope you learned something Enjoyed the debate Okay. <laughs> gotcha. i'm learning don't worry the <laughs> raw nakedness says does lisa still think that political affiliation correlates with physical attractiveness
3: oh that i didn't say that i just retweeted somebody who's being nice that's all so that's not funny but no i actually don't i don't think so
1: next up Carissa avalon good to see you it says destiny oh, he hates me Says Destiny Cambridge and the top in parentheses definition of systemic racism only requires racist results, not intent.
2: Okay. No. Am I supposed to respond to that? But
1: I mean. He, I that's you... clearly
3: his position is clearly not mine. So next okay, up. Good
1: for you. JC93013 says Destiny opinion on upcoming God of War.
2: I, I didn't even play the last one. So I have no idea.
1: they uh they want to know what your thoughts are uh, how you uh how optimistic you are about the new god of war
2: i i i'm somewhat optimistic having not played the last one and having not even heard of this one i'll I'll go with that one okay
1: (laughs) you got it p Barnes. p Barnes, appreciate your question says question for destiny with the current scare campaigns against crt do you see any other solutions to reform seems like education would be the best starting point
3: I
2: want to answer this one. Um, Would education be the best starting point to like counter like the systemic injustices? Is that what you're saying?
1: Uh, I guess
2: Uh, my brain is a little. Oh, I think they mean like
1: with everybody trying to with some people trying to, they're saying scare people about CRT to, you know, try to say that CRT is dangerous and look out. They're saying, do you see any solutions any um I, if you want to do
2: anything with Crt you got to rebrand it because because uh, that's like conservative fucking kryptonite like
3: real quick though if anybody does want to look at a study that was successful from Libya um, Innovation for poverty action did a CBT and cash donations one in Libya um that was very interesting and would be a really good I think um, way to start tackling this problem so there's that.
1: You got it. Thank you very much. And Tyler Cates says, have Lisa explain the difference between raw data studies and her opinions of raw data? All
3: right. So all I'm saying is if you, a lot of times these studies, like I said before, they, you know, admit or they omit or they um, hyper-focus in on some forms of the data. And I, that's why I'm just saying that with the studies you have with any study that you read, the best thing to do is to ask for which they usually should provide all of the raw data to make sure that when you're looking at the studies that some portion wasn't omitted or were not um skewed to mean something else and so all i'm saying is that like you know look at the raw data and then make sure that you're putting all the pieces in and so that's why i was, I was telling him before earlier like you know when you're looking at stop and frisk like what neighborhood did they happen what what is the data on how many people were in a certain area what was the demographics of that area that's all numbers that should be taken into account you just can't say that like okay well that's the hit rate you have to you have to get all of the raw data and make sure that it's being interpreted correctly
1: you got it and thank you very much for your question this one coming in from rumpley depew says destiny saying that whites and blacks smoke pot and use drugs at similar rate but that more blacks are in prison is a bad argument, and they say people are rarely in prison for smoking pot, and incarceration is from selling and RICO charges.
2: That's a really cool story. But I don't. Well, if he says it's a bad point, then I guess I don't, I'm. I'm just defeated. I'm so, good, congratulations.
1: This one jumping, or this one coming in from Long Nights YouTube and says, there are factions in many police departments whose sole purpose is to stop and kill black and Hispanic people. Gangs, in fact. In L.A., they are called bandidos okay. Am I saying that right? Like, Doritos? Okay, but you, to me,
2: I don't know if that... Alright, so what
3: that person is saying, like, these gangs are, you know, black or Hispanic and the the police target them. Well, they don't target them because of the color of their skin. They target them because they're in a gang and they're doing criminal activity so i guess i you know that's how you look at that but they're not doing it because they're black or latino they're doing it because they're in these gangs
1: since you live in los angeles stephen is banditos a word that people use there
2: i stay inside and play video games all day if there are gangs (laughs) here i'm really fucking far away from them so
1: i have no (laughs) fucking idea so
3: less people are being stopped and crisped in your neighborhood then
1: yeah probably yeah
3: probably okay
1: Tyler Kate says, my question from before, please. I must have missed that. Oh, well. Let's see. Oh, okay. We we got that one. Next up, thanks for your question. Rumpley DePew says destiny went full Vosh. Never go full Vosh. Then Steven Michael says racism has has be excluded for, has to be excluded from federal laws for decades. Obviously, how can you lower police presence in these cities and raise people of color quality of life with criminality rapidly inclining without them?
2: Are you asking like what do you do when there's like a disproportionate like race of people committing crimes or something like I, what...
1: oh, I think they're saying if you remove police police presence, if you start to reduce it in Communities of people. Uh, yeah,
2: I, we've tried to do that after the BLM defund the police bullshit, and every city it's that on. tried to reduce. Yeah, you know, nobody wants the police to be gone. The only people that want police gone are literally white kids from the suburbs on Twitter that shit posts all day and never their fucking house. So that's a horrible fucking idea. Most of the ideas that people argue for in relation to the police require an increase of funding. So if you want more training, if you want body cams, if you want whatever, mental health, you need more funding for I, yeah, I don't people that argue that shit are brain dead. Or they're not brain dead, actually. They just they don't have to live in places where they ever need police to be called to. So
3: correct. I agree, Destiny.
1: You got it, juicy. Several here, several more here. Let me just catch up and find this last one. Monolithic ethos says blacks and Latinos are more likely to smoke cannabis outside or in public than whites. Also, great job, Lisa.
3: Thank you.
1: I think that's maybe why I think they're trying to imply. Maybe you already understood it, Stephen. What they're getting at?
2: Yeah, the idea is that there are these like other types of causative factors for why black. So, like maybe black people and white people smoke it at the same rate, but black people smoke it more um, out in the open or in the car. I don't know. If that's true, but. Even if I were to say that was the case, that it was true, that's still an argument for getting rid of those crimes, because I think anything related to weed is bullshit. So if more black people are getting hit on weed shit related to white people, then that's another reason to get rid of it. Like I just don't see weed as being a thing that needs to be made illegal in the United States.
1: Gotcha. And a long story short says, how does this guy, I assume they mean you, Stephen, define the Brett Kavanaugh hearings? How
2: do I define the
1: Kavanaugh hearings? Yeah, I get, maybe they're just, what's your take on them?
2: um i I, those happened a long time ago there were people that um was it the elizabeth woman that came forward with the accusations relating to the impropriety in high school or college that was a long time i don't remember the details of that shit i don't know what he's asking me Do i think that kavanaugh was like a high school or college like sexual assault or a rapist or whatever maybe i don't know i don't think we got all the hearings out of that that maybe we would have otherwise because i think there were a lot of blocks put in place to keep that from happening but I, i don't really think about it or care about it much anymore like it's
1: They also said, I think it's for you, Lisa, said people forced themselves, got into the Capitol and got into the chambers during in session.
3: Uh, Well, correct. And I think that those people should be arrested. There were those that did, but you have to understand that there was like a mass crowd of lots of people. And when they saw after people had broken into these certain doors, like there's lots of doors, like there was one on the Senate side. There was one on the south side, the north side. Um, and certain doors there was a lot of unrest in other places there were the cops who did not to their defense like they they didn't have enough manpower and they didn't want to get trampled so instead of trying to push them and lock them out they open the doors and you get like the first hundred people in there and they're like oh they're letting us in we're allowed to protest um and there's been also like uh like tapes and things like that like i don't agree with what you're doing but come on in like there you you can see that there's been some evidence that not all the people understood that it was a legit by the time that they got there because he wasn't even done speaking when the break-in started um but by the time he was done speaking which is a 20 minute walk from the ellipse those people didn't know that that happened originally and so you know the the first barrier was a a fence and then that was down and then they went up and then they went up again so there was lots of people that didn't understand that that it was an actual break-in and there's and there's only so many people that could physically do damage anyway so the people that did damage should absolutely be arrested i mean there was no reason for that no i never condone violence i think it's terrible 100 against that i mean like i said it was my friends and co-workers in that building i think it was horrendous but there's also some people who you know got caught up in things now do i think that they should probably have a misdemeanor charge or do i think that they should be held in prison for months probably not
2: there's a, um, there's a skit where Dave Chappelle is talking about his white friend Chip, and his friend is drunk, he's high, they're driving down the street, and they get pulled over by the cops, and Chip is like, watch this, this is how I get out of problems as a white person. And Dave is scared shitless. he's like, oh fuck, what are you going to do? And then the cop comes to the window, and Chip goes, I didn't know, I couldn't do that. And he gets off scot-free. That was like the, that version of that story is what I just heard in terms of, well, they no, walked I mean, into the broken the and capital building. An they excuse. had no idea they couldn't be there. There were cops and rioters fucking everywhere and people were crazy, but they didn't know. I, that's just very funny to me. I'm sorry. I'm
3: not saying that ignorance for laws is an excuse because clearly it, it isn't. I'm just saying that the amount of time that people have been held that have been arrested for the level of what they have done is completely Astronomically different compared to what happened with the BLM rise and how they have been turned out, and how politicians have been saying they're going to bail them out, and and uh, there was funds set up for them. And you can't say that that's the same as, as what's happening. You just can't. They are. It, it, it is. Brought, if they brought it to a higher level for political optics than anything else.
2: I, if I'm being like, and this is just the thing that just breaks my fucking mind, and it's why I don't. This fucking country is doomed because uh, because of you guys, the Trumples. It, you will never admit this, but if what happened on January 6th would have been Antifa, I legitimately think we would be in a civil war right now. I think that assuming Republicans could get to their gun safes and carry their rifles outside without dropping dead from heart attacks because of diabetes or whatever, I legitimately think we would be in a civil war. That's how upset all the people on the right would be over Antifa breaking into the Capitol building. But because it was white MAGA hat wearing, you know, red-blooded, good old boy no Americans, it's like,
3: ah! Well I mean you don't some think of them that didn't the,
2: know I, I I would bet my life on it and I know You don't think that
3: white Trump supporters didn't care that um that <laughs> BLM and Antifa were like trashing their cities over and over again all summer long They did care that's stopped. why there were
2: 14,000 arrests related to it.
3: Okay but you're but I think that people are, would be like maga people would be more up in arms about your neighborhood your own city you know Walnut Street in Philadelphia getting burned down than They would care about a lot of
2: them. Didn't have to worry about it because a lot of the people that went to those riots probably didn't live in cities with any black people in them anyway. So they didn't have to worry about any riots or
3: marches. That's not even remotely true. My brother and his sister were, my brother and my sister in law were hiding their house because they were bombing ATMs on Walnut Street. Like, and he lives a block there, a block away. I mean, that's not true at all. Not even remotely true. you don't even you, I guess you don't understand the demographics of center city, but where they were riding. I and understand the demographics were, of the United States were, very there well. There and rural communities
2: tend to go far residents. more red than than metropolitan communities. You don't even disagree with this. I don't know why you're arguing with me on this point. There are way I'm more about Republicans than Philadelphia.
3: Philadelphia I, 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 is very large and sprawling. We're I'm talking not, about this. You're saying no white people live there. That's absolutely where they ride it in Philadelphia. Okay. Absolutely 100 percent white Let people. Let
2: me live amend there. my statement. There are indeed white people that live near black Thank people you. in the United States. If you're a Republican, you're more likely not to be one of those white people. That's all I was saying. If you really want to disagree with that, I, we can look at, the no, I, you I'm know, just, I'm willing. Yeah, okay. Because I'm sure that even you retweeted a map of this is Trump's America, where 95% of the area is red. And that's because in rural areas, there are far more Republicans than Democrats. Correct. I, agree I didn't that. think that would be there. Okay. I, I don't know that's not the an issue. I'm saying then. you okay. said white
3: people don't live there. That's not true. You should have said white Republicans maybe, and then that would have been
2: true. Well, my guess is white, based on what I've seen of white Democrats, they probably welcome the violence because they bow down and worship everything BLM does anyway. So I'm guessing the people that are more likely to complain probably weren't generally in those communities. But I'm speaking in generalities. It might be the case. I don't know about your brother and sister. Maybe they're Republicans and they lived in a cosmopolitan area or a non-cosmopolitan area that had BLM marches. I'm sorry for not being able to speak to those lived experiences, okay? I'm just saying,
3: they're they're still there.
1: Next up, Harley Quinn says, Destiny, what about the link between early marijuana laws and Mexican immigration that you forgot to mention? Can you repeat that? He said, Destiny, what about the link between early marijuana, law, early marijuana laws and Mexican immigration that you forgot to mention?
2: Well, I didn't forget to mention. I just don't know anything about it. I, I, I didn't come here to argue about early marijuana laws. Is the implication that they were passed it because of Mexican people? Or I don't know related to that
1: i think that might be so factitionalist network also says why assess the intent of the war on drugs based on the 93 crime bill why not the earlier legislation from the 70s
2: for the eighth time when I talk about systemic racism, I'm not looking at the intentionality of any legislation being crafted. And I'm, I focus on the 93 crime bill because that's like the most familiar piece of legislation that I know about. And I'm more familiar with the time period on, on that. Um, the, starting of the war on drugs back in the 70s and all that, I'm not as familiar about all the conditions of the time there. It's not something I prepared for. I could go and read more on it, but I, I don't, I'm don't. i not confident enough about anything in that era to tell you why people passed the laws that they did then.
1: You got it. And Tabor Snapping says dgg wants to know how tall are you lisa who is dgg i don't know who that is but i'm 5'11 i didn't hear the first part
3: i don't know who i don't i don't know who that person is but i'm 5'11 for gotcha.
1: <laughs> steven do you know who dgg is is that one of your friends i think
2: it's something that gets spammed a lot on twitch it might come from xqc's community
1: but... i don't know what it means amazing tyler cates thanks for your question and Stacey Flores, thanks for yours, says, great points on the war on drugs, Destiny. You didn't win, but you're still a winner. And Anamorphic Mind, poor Destiny, Anamorphic Mind says, sorry, Destiny, Walsh won this debate. And John Lee, is it John Leakes, thanks for your question, says, Destiny, why do you go so hard against lefties but hold back against righties, especially when they're conservative women like Lauren Southern and Lisa? I think that i go hard enough on the people that i need to go hard on i think i've been nice to plenty of people on the
2: left i don't know why people think i'm only mean to people on the left but that guy sounds like an ass mad commie
1: next up long nights youtube it says what i am saying is that bandidos are the police this is a huge investigation right now they're brutalizing black and hispanic people it's a police gang
2: wow that's some crazy shit we need to look into that immediately <laughs> Manny double. This guy kind of sounds like he cares a lot. I don't know. I don't think either of us know anything about the banditos or I whatever. Don't. So I don't know what the fuck I'm All supposed right. to say about it. it. sounds like a horrible thing. I hope they address that particular issue that you care a lot about, young sir or mem.
1: Manny004 says, Sorry, Destiny, but Sid from Ice Age won this debate. And then Will Stewart says, Destiny, I'd love to talk to you about the misnomer of Asian immigrants being quote-unquote wealthy. I think the concept is based in Western superiority that assumes wealthy Asians find value in Western life.
2: Wow. I'll make sure to head over to the HABA forums afterwards
1: and find that guy. Okay. Juicy. And let me see if we've got any last ones. We've got Tyler Cates. Thanks for your question. Says, can Lisa count the stars on that flag without turning her head? I don't Is there a flag? I don't even see it. It's the
3: Betsy Ross flag.
1: Oh. Next, Bubblegum Gun says, Lisa, let's see, uh, pretty and destiny not. <laughs> Lisa, let me s- slide into your DMs. Nasty guy. Long nights uh. YouTube and says they blasted tear gas at BLM in front of what church for Trump? BLM and Antifa would have gotten murdered if they stormed the Capitol. This is a fact.
3: Lisa, they had tear go. gas at the Capitol. Plenty of it
2: they explicitly did not that's why they had to wait like five hours for it to be brought in
3: um you didn't notice like uh richie mcginnis had uh, who was a reporter had tear gas all in his face and um, the people that i actually got some of their footage from was this elderly couple who were walking down the stairs because he was so heavily tear gas. i said were you inside he said yes and i got my footage from them i mean there were plenty of people that were extraordinarily tear-gassed uh, over yeah, and over maybe again. Maybe
2: tear-gassed by the rioters themselves, but I mean like- No, that's like, not true. You can listen to the re- recordings of the police calling I, for backup. You can go and watch all the footage. I don't know what you watched, but initially I, the police were not prepared to deal- I was watching them
3: spray it on my friend James, who was not, wearing a face mask. Police were not
2: prepared for that. Like, pepper spray maybe, but not tear gas. That, that that ride gear wasn't brought in until well after that, um, the, well after the invasion. The and initial break
3: was at like around one o'clock, I believe, and then it was brought in later, but it was absolutely deployed when they had it. And we yeah, had to have it.
2: Yes, afterwards. Pepper but and but tear but gas but guys, are two different to be things. Fair,
3: there was constant protest with Antifa over and over and over again for multiple days at a time in Washington, D.C. so that they got to be prepared when it was finally was deployed. After they burnt the church down, the tear gas was deployed the next day. So let's not
2: let's not get into semantics here. It's not about semantics. It's about making sure we know what happened. And Antifa didn't break into the Capitol building. This one from
1: Stacey and they Flores. They just went down a
3: church across from the White House.
1: Stacey Flores says, "Destiny, don't you remember? Lefties swarming the building, chasing down lawmakers, even stopping Kavanaugh hearings. No one shot or arrested." Correct. I don't remember watching. I'm sure
2: there probably were some protesters, but I don't remember seeing riots of massive amounts of lefties storming the building saying they were going to kill lawmakers. There might have been a few. Well, they
3: they actually they actually secured up, a, they glued up or something a building in, uh, a police building, I think it was, in Portland, tried to set it on fire and none of them got it, uh you know, stormed or there was no whatever you're calling for destiny. Like, it doesn't happen. And that was BLM and Antifa.
2: If they set a police building on fire, they should probably be held accountable for it. With but, police
3: in it. They tried to set them on fire with them in. it.
2: Yeah, well, they should probably be held accountable for so that. So you didn't hear
3: about that because it's not mainstream media news, but that's I okay.
2: probably did hear about that. I've covered a lot related to the riots. I'm not in favor of any of them. I'm not either. Well, except for the January 6th ones. So. No, I
3: just said that there are certain people that shouldn't be in prison for the amount yeah. of time that they have them without even having a hearing yet.
2: Do you, you agree then that the January 6th, like breaching of the Capitol, that was a bad I point. believe
3: it was a riot and I believe it was wrong. Absolutely. And I never, I never disputed that ever. That's
1: good. Okay. Just making sure. Juicy. This one coming in from Ariel Fernandez says, uh, Lisa, who is mm. the president of the USA? Oh my God.
3: Biden. I mean, like, what, we're going to try to act like I'm a freaking denier here of like that he's president, right? He's making decisions. He's in the office. He got sworn in. I watched it. Next.
2: Okay. I think it's like, isn't it like 50% of Republicans think that uh, trump won the election actually well
3: there's a difference between thinking that there's an ele- election interference and then denying that president biden mm-hmm. is president biden at this moment in time i mean like that's not do you think that stupid. more
2: do you think that more americans voted for trump or for
3: biden you I'm, like? I'm, we're not getting into this because this is just going to go down a rabbit hole can we just okay. skip to the next one well,
2: so the answer is trump but okay
1: I was this one coming in from demian sims says destiny please address lisa's argument or quote-unquote per capita argument she made about whites getting arrested more often.
2: It, it was the ten thousand. I, I don't know the context for those numbers. Ten thousand white crimes and four white people are killed versus ten. For every, it's basic three, numbers. Yeah, but for I, 10, I, I don't. 000, I can't. I don't. So intelligent people don't just take one number like that and try to draw any conclusions. I don't know if the types of crimes are similar. I don't know if this is one study or a meta-analysis or a, a study crime. review. Sure. Yeah, I, I I have no idea. Like, I, I need way more context for the types of crimes and the types of interactions we're talking about. I'll, I just, I'll I have send no you some idea.
3: FBI stats and
2: I'll send them over to you. F- F- I don't care MP. about FBI stats. I ignore okay. things that when people send me FBI stats. I want to see the context for these numbers so that I understand what they mean. I'm not going to okay. pour through millions of different data points to try to draw my own conclusion. I'm not getting paid to do that. I'm not a professional researcher. Okay.
1: Gotcha. And let me just check for any last questions. Do do want to remind you folks, our guests are linked in the description and we certainly do appreciate them folks. And so we do want to encourage you to show them some love. You can click on those links down below. And with that, we are going to let them go as their time is valuable. I want to say thanks so much, Lisa and Steven. It has been a true pleasure to have you on for a very juicy debate tonight. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for the conversation. 100%. I will be back in just a moment, folks, with updates on upcoming debates.